challenges in my life is to try and build something. Give me a wave to my people that can sympathise. Who's with me? Oh, man, it's a constant challenge in my life. Recently, April bought two desks from Ikea. I tell you, nothing deflates me more than building something from Ikea. Now, for me, it's not so much the building as it is the little compromises. Has anybody ever built something from Ikea and that door, it never sits properly? That drawer, it never opens the way it should. Has anybody ever built something from Ikea? Can I get an amen? amen. It, it absolutely, I walk past what I have built and for the six month lifespan that it lasts, maybe six months, I stare at the door. I, I, I try to fix the desk. So recently April bought two white desks. So I made sure I was busy that afternoon and got home quite late. And when I arrived home, a miracle of God had happened. My prayers had been heard. The desks were constructed. Can we give the Lord a hand? You see, what had happened is April had put them together. It was amazing, really. Have you ever tried to build something in your life? I have a friend of mine. His name is Innes. He goes to our Victory Campus. When he had been a mechanic apprentice for one week, he attempted to rebuild the engine on his car. I said to him, oh, cool. Had you had prior experience with engines before that week? His answer was no. So after one week of experience, he attempted to rebuild an engine. Have you ever built something with your life? Let me just say, cutting that story short, that engine is not all it could be. The Leaning Tower of Pisa. Whoever sold that was a genius, wasn't he? Can you imagine the builder going to the owner? Listen, the angle, it will go down in history. It'll be priceless. But let's just say we know that the foundation that it was built on was not able to hold up what was built. It's now on an angle. We could say as far as the functionality of that building, it is not all it could be. Have you ever tried to build something in your life? Have you ever tried to build something out of your life? I think what happens is like an engine, there are many different parts that come together. Like a building, there are many different parts that come together. Like a desk, there are many different parts that come together in our lives. There are many different things that come together that God has placed in our lives that help us to build what God wants us to build out of our lives. Our character, our manner, our temperament. These are things that God has placed into your life because He has designed you with a special purpose. God places these things in your life for His plan and for His purpose and for His glory, but we get the benefit of being a part of it. But can I be honest with you this morning? I want God to build something great in my life. I want God to build something great in April's life, in the life of our children. 
I pray that God will build something great in our community and in your lives as individuals. I want God to build something in you for His glory and for His kingdom. But despite all of that, I find God is building something in my life. Can I be vulnerable and tell you this? I feel like I'm becoming more like Jesus. I feel like he, He's building something and then in the next step, I tear it all down. I'm tired and I say something. I fall backwards. I tear down what God is trying to build in my life. Can you wave if I'm not the only one? I want God to build something in my life. I find that as he's building it, then all of a sudden I want to go with my plan. Has anybody ever been there? That God is building something in you and it begins to fall down because you realise you're doing it your way. Not God's way. Give me a wave if you've been there. I quickly realised that my plans are flawed. My plans aren't necessarily His plans. But that's okay. And that gives me faith because it says in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares our God. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. It's great because His plans are better. And I want God to build something in me because what I've realised this is that my life is actually not about me. Your life is actually not about you. It's not. It's about Him. It's about our God. But that gives me faith because I know that if my life is, is about God, then I know that what he's building in me will succeed and I get to be a part of that. Because God builds great things. If I listen, if I obey, do you want to build something great with your life? Are there people here this morning that maybe your life what God has been building has been completely torn down. It's a remnant of what it once was. Something has come in like a wrecking ball and knocked down whatever had been built in your life. God can rebuild it. God can repurpose it. He can work all things for good for those that love Him and are called according to what? His purpose, His plan. I want to use the book of Nehemiah this morning, an example of a nation that has just come out of exile and returned to nothing. I love the book of Nehemiah from the perspective of the first six chapters of this book are all about rebuilding the wall practically. And then in the next six chapters, Ezra comes in and it's about rebuilding of a nation. You see the practical rebuilding that established the walls of Jerusalem led to the repurposing and rebuilding of a people which allowed them to worship freely to be in safety and security and to let the world know that God 
had helped them to rebuild their lives. I want to talk to you this morning about how to build your life. Can we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, I pray this morning you would speak. Help us, Lord, to build what you want us to build. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. You ready for this one? With a plan. How do you build your life? With a plan. Pretty simple, isn't it? This is what the Word of God says in Proverbs chapter 16 and very similarly once again in verse 19. It says this, In their hearts humans plan their course, but as the Lord establishes their steps. In 19.21 of Proverbs it says this, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord, it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. We make plans in our heart. In fact, many people sit here in this room, either directly or indirectly by plans that someone has made in their heart. But here's the thing, it says in the Word that we make the plans, but it's actually God's purpose that prevails. A great way to figure out your life is, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Are you praying? Are you asking Him to give you the plans? Are you asking Him to order your steps? A great way to build your life is with God's plan, the best way, not your own. But how do you get His plan if you don't ask Him for it? What I love is that I can see in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 12, that Nehemiah had a relationship with God because this is what he says. He says, I set out during the night with a few others. Now the context of this scripture is they've returned out of exile and they've returned back and all of the walls of Jerusalem had been knocked down. So they needed to rebuild them in order to be protected so that they could reestablish worship. So what's happened is Nehemiah has gone to have a look at what's happened. He's assessing the work at this stage. And he says, I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. We make plans in our heart. But the Lord orders our steps. You see, all your plans begin in your heart. In Proverbs, it says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. When you think about it, if you're planned, you're making plans in your heart, you need to be careful who has access to your heart and who's putting the plans in there. You see, Nehemiah, it says, I did not tell anybody about the plans he had placed in my heart for Jerusalem. God had placed the plan in his heart. If you're writing notes this morning, here is incredible revelation. Don't make plans without God. It says in Proverbs, commit to the Lord whatever you do. 
Commit to the Lord whatever you do. Plans for your family, for your career, for your ministry, for your walk. Commit whatever you do to God. And He will establish your plans. In Proverbs 16.3, commit your ways to the Lord. He'll establish your plans. See, what happened is with Nehemiah, God had placed it in his heart. So his work was already committed to the Lord. And now God would establish his plans. So I ask you about your prayer life. If you're facing current circumstances, situations, outcomes where you believe it is not where God had purposed you to be, can you think back to where you made a decision maybe without committing it to God first? But it's never too late because He works things for good. Because what God builds in your life is not about you. It's about His glory, His honour and His purpose. Build your life with a plan. You need a plan. You need a plan in your heart. But be like Nehemiah. Make sure that the plan that is placed in your heart is from God. Amen? I think you need to build with unity And with timing. If you look at chapter 3, it's an incredible chapter. Chapter 3 begins to list pretty well what I believe is a list of delegation. Uh, To this family, we delegated a certain part of the wall. To this family, we delegated a certain part of the wall. To this family, we delegated a part of the wall. And I was going to read it, but some of these names are impossible. Eliashib, the high priest and the fallow priest started one one particular place. Then it says the men of Jericho built in an adjoining section. Then it says by the sons of Asanana. And then it says Mermoth, the son of Uriah, the son of Hakaz, repaired the section. Next to Meshalem, Birakama, the sons of Meshezabel. You can see why I didn't go on, my goodness me. But what happened was there were heaps of people from the same community working together with a common goal, a common outcome. We're Australians, but yet there would be a diversity of cultures that sit in this room. We're Uni Hill, but yet there would be a diversity of cultures that sit in this room. If you look at uh, Nehemiah, you begin to see that they begin to count. They begin to build the wall in a counterclockwise direction, position by position by position, working in unity. I think sometimes people begin to tear down in their life because unity, they believe, is uniformity. Everything needs to look the same. I keep arguing with my kids because when I was young, I didn't do things that way. Unity, it needs to look, do you know, (laughs) bless my dad, I love him and he'd have a laugh about it now. When I was about 22 or 23, I grew a beard and my dad said beards are associated with rebellion. (laughs) I shaved my beard off. doesn't matter that I'm married, it's my dad. I'm going to honour him. But now he likes beards. 
Because what happened is, your unity, you, my dad felt, well, you've got to look the same, it's got to be the same, it's got to feel the same. It's not the case. There can be unity in uniqueness. As long as you're heading towards a common goal. Think about what God is building in your family. There can be unity in your uniqueness. What about His building in your business? Unity in uniqueness. It doesn't need to look the same for things to come together and work in unity. There are people that are fighting battles that they shouldn't be. They're still heading towards the same goal. It doesn't matter whether I had a beard or whether I didn't because my father realised the common goal was that we're pursuing God together. I was sitting in Unilab this week. It's a coffee shop. You should try it. They do great. I love their coffee. And I was staring at this coffee cup. Unity and uniqueness, not in uniformity. You see, water could never be milk. Milk could never be a coffee bean. A coffee bean could never be that sprinkle of chocolate on the top. But yet when they come together, they're in unity, aren't they? They don't change who they are, but the common goal that's blended together gets the outcome. Maybe you've been looking at your family. Maybe you've been looking at your work. Maybe you've been looking at yourself. You need to be who God is calling you to be. God is building something in your life that is unique. So sit in that. No one can fulfill the call of God that is put on your life. Have you been tearing down walls that in fact God wants you to establish? I love the book of Nehemiah because you see a, a, a remnant of a nation coming together with different families. They all didn't get along. You can see that. But building with a common purpose and a common outcome. I think the second thing is timing and I might get those guys to come up. We're going to attempt to do something to help illustrate this. It may work, but I'm willing to go there anyway because that's who I am. It's very funny. I think timing plays a key, key role. They work around in a particular fashion. They, they work around in a particular way. I think what happens is sometimes you're doing things well and it's in unity, but you're rushing the timing. You're going, hey, I, I'm doing the right thing, but I want it to happen now needs to be God's timing. So what I wanted to do, and it's going to be real hard to roll off that very spiritual background thing. So let's can that. All right, now this is an example of timing. I want these guys to play something outstandingly well. Go for it. Everybody in here went, ugh. Now I was going to sell it like that was supposed to be pristine and I forgot. 
But anyway, they were all playing the right thing. But the timing, the timing is all messed up. Because what it's supposed to sound like is this. Bit of a difference, wasn't it? See, here's the thing I've realised. I am a person that fits into this category. I want to build in unity, but I want to build in my timing. But what happens is, I take off running and others aren't ready. Or maybe my character's not ready. Or maybe God's purpose in the timing of it all hasn't unworked its way yet. And I take off running and it ends up cluttered and it ends up disjointed. Is there anybody in this room that goes, I'm I'm doing the right thing, but it's not working. It could be a timing issue. See, because that's why you need to go back to the plan that God has established in your life. You need to then build in unity. See, it all goes back to the plan. Recently, I bought a camper trailer. You'll hear some stories. We're about to go away camping. You should see the setup instructions. Remember, I am not built to build from a constructive. I like organisational building, but nothing practical. I get blisters. I have nurse hands. I moisturise. Amen. I see that hand. So what happened is I begin to build this camper trailer and I'm looking at all of these bars and there's like 65 different bars and I'm beginning to, to have a moment, we'll call it a moment, that extended into a half day moment. But what happened is I'm looking at all these poles and this building and I, and I had the, the plan and I kept trying to put things up and it would fall down and it would be super frustrating start looking at those guys that rock up in the caravans and they go and then they walk away but what I realised is that there was a video that they put on the internet that couples with the instructions and you know what I realised is that I was doing things out of order it's designed in a particular way to let it unfold so that it could be all it could be You need to build in unity, but it doesn't mean it needs to look the way you think it looks. It needs to look the way God is purposing it to look. And then you need to wait on His timing. I think that there are people in our community that are frustrated. But here's the thing is that if it happens in your timing, it may not be sustainable. It needs to happen in God's timing. So His plan, unity and timing. Here's the third thing, build with all your heart. This is what it says in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 3. It says, Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said this. This is what he said about their wall. What are they building? Even a fox climbing on it would break down their wall of stones. Now, I love the way that this reads. Because it's like the author completely interrupts the narrative to start praying and giving it to God. This is literally, look at it, how it reads. Even would break down their wall of stones. And then it goes straight into, hear us, O God. 
for we are despised. There's no Nehemiah said, there's no nothing. The, just, the author just goes, here is God. For we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over to plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight. For they have thrown insults in the face of the workers. Ready for this. And then it says, So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height. For the people worked with all their hearts. There's a guy named Eddie the Eagle. Persecuted. He was uh, represented England in ski jumping. But he was self-funded. They didn't want him to be there. But despite of the insults, despite of the process, the insults didn't delay his work. The insults inspired him to push forward. What I love about this portion of Scripture is this. As God builds something in your life that's great, what will happen is that you will face insults. You will face people that don't understand. Be like Nehemiah. Give it to God and then continue to work with all your heart. But I'm going to build quickly to my end. You've got to build with trust. Nehemiah 4.14 reads this. I'll start with verse 13. It says, Therefore I stationed some people behind the lowest points of the wall. Because at this ploy place there was threatened with attack people were coming what God was building in their life people had tried to delay it they had tried to distract it and now they're threatening to destroy it so what he does is he stations people and families at the lowest points of the wall so if there's an attack they can defend themselves it says I post exposed places posting them by families with their swords spears and bows After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your homes. Don't be afraid of them. Remember that God is good. He is great. And then it says, fight for your families. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your homes. You know what I've realised this is that when God builds something great in your life, the flow and effect is God will bless your family. But you have to fight for what God is building in you. Who do you fight for? Your sons, your daughters, your families, your homes, our community. You need to remember that you don't fight by yourself. You fight under the command and the blessing of the Most High God. But you need to remember that you're fighting for your families. I have had enough of the world stealing sons and daughters. God will build something great in me. And because I have chosen with my house to honour the Lord, He will bless my children. He will bless my nation. You see, they built and they built 
and they built and they were ready to keep building because they knew what they were fighting for. Their sons, their daughters, their homes, their communities. And then at the pinnacle and the end of it all, it says this in verse 6, 16, after they'd finished building the wall, it says, when all our enemies heard about this, All the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realised that this work had been done with the help of our God. Could we stand for a minute? If God is going to build something in your life, I bring the lights down, Mark, because I want people to, it's about you and God right now. Are you fighting for what God is going to build in your life? Are you willing to fight for what God is going to build in your life? Because in the narrative of this story, when they had positioned people behind the low points of the wall. The process had not finished yet. We're all on a process of God building something in our lives. We're all there. We're all at that place where work is not done. And then at that moment comes the threat of attack. But Nehemiah says two things. He says, remember God is great. Now fight for your family. Fight for what God is going to build in your life. I believe that there have been people in our community that have been submissive to the challenges, but this morning we take it back. This morning you begin to fight for what God is building in your families, what God is building in your health, what God is building in your finances. When the challenges come, you're going to get to those low points and you're going to say, devil, you're going to have to take me out because I will keep building what God is building in my life because He is great. He's placed His plan in my heart and my life and I will not give up until the world sees what He has built in me. So with every eye closed this morning, I know our time is done, but let's not let this moment pass. You believe God is building something in you. You believe God's hand is on your life. But like me, you face challenges. There are low points in your wall. But if you are willing to fight Let me rephrase that. If you need to fight for what God is building in your life today, you need to declare in spirit and in the physical that you will fight for your sons, your daughters, your homes, your lives. Fight for what God is building in your life. If that's you, would you raise your hand up right now? All over this place, all over this, up high. all over this place his hands hey let's come down the front together if you raise your hands in unity I find this power at the altar I find this combined faith at the altar have a look at this have a look what God is building in our community come down come down there was heaps of hands fill in the front come this way You know, half the battle is recognised that there is actually a fight. 
I fight for your health. I fight for the unity of your home. I fight for your business. I fight for your marriage. You see, what happens in that story is that the enemies of God's people tried everything that they could to distract, disillusion and destroy what God was building. Maybe down the front this morning, those things have been happening to you. There's been distractions that have been coming out of nowhere. There's been disturbance in your world. Fight for what God is building in your life. Fight. And I declare this prophetically across this place, that the world will stand and recognise that what He's built in your families, your business, your home, with your husbands and wife, with your children, the world will stand back and recognise that He has helped you. They will go, there is no way that relationship could have been restored without something happening from a higher power. There's no way those finances ever could have come in without God. That habit never would have been broken without that person fighting for God's purpose for their life. So everyone down the front, could you raise your hands? Jackie, I might get you to come. Dear Heavenly Father, right now with these people across the front, could everybody that's remained in your seats, could you begin to pray and intercede? Could you reach out your hands this morning? There is fights going on and we are a community. We stand together. Lord God, right now you see all of these hands. Lord God, you see them all. Lord God, I thank You that Your purpose is higher. Your plan is greater. Lord God, that no matter the challenge, how great it may look, Lord God, how difficult it may be, Lord, I thank You that You are greater. I thank You that Your purpose will prevail. So right now, Lord God, I pray for every situation that's down the front. And Lord God, right now, I pray that supernaturally You would do the miracle. Lord, the world sat back and realised that they built a wall that couldn't be built in 52 days because of people willing to fight. So Lord, right now I pray as we begin to sing this chorus that You would strengthen for the fight, that You would strengthen for the battle, that You would strengthen as they build, as they build in Jesus' Name. I just would ask the ministry team to come those that were at the leaders meeting that I spoke to specifically and would you come and just begin to quickly lay hands on the people down the front as we sing Let's see it again. 